and welcome to the Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. Okay, this week in our podcast, we're going to interview another person that I would like to talk to, Nate Owens. Welcome to the program, Nate. Yeah, thank you, Beth. I'm a huge supporter of, you know, anyone who's trying to push others toward Jesus and helping people on their journey. So thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for being a part of things. In our podcast, we've been talking about the Hebrew root word Naba, N-A-B-A, but it's pronounced N-A-V-A. It's actually pronounced both ways. But it's Strong's number H5012, and it means to be prophetically inspired when we speak or sing. And so I thought Nate would be a wonderful person to talk to. He has just completed a ministry school. And um, does uh, he's part of our worship team, and he's now at university. And so I thought that uh, you could bring not only an interesting perspective, but you sort of represent millennials and um, <laughs> yeah, and a different yeah, a different mindset. You're not right. the average millennial. I'll give you that. <laughs> but um, I think that's a wonderful generation. So yeah. Um, but anyway, I, 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 we were talking the other day about um, if you could share maybe some of the times that you've had a Naba moment where the Lord has um, prophetically inspired you or revealed something to you. Sure. And I thought I would just let you take the opportunity to share your story and hope it will encourage other people. Yeah. Well, I mean, firstly, just thank you for, you know, having me on your program. Uh, but I guess the first not not the first time that God spoke to me, but really a significant, I guess, game-changing moment for me was, uh, it was about five years ago. That's when I really, that's where, that, that's when I really started following Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I was raised in church my whole life, and I believed in Jesus, but I mean, it's easy to believe, but it's a lot harder to follow and actually live out that belief. But um, in the summer of 2015, I um, I pretty much just gave up everything in, in search of him. So um, steeped in sin, doing whatever I wanted to. I was really good at it. I was really good at being bad. And, oh, uh, no. Yeah, I was good at it. And um, But there was always a longing in my heart and um, well, I actually and got you, saved. I know you have a... Yeah, I know you have a praying mother, too, so I oh, want to give yeah. a shout-out to her. <laughs> yeah, I have the best family. She's she's awesome. My dad's awesome. Yes. Um, that, those prayers definitely help big time. But, uh, uh, I mean, I was actually coming home from Panama City. Um, that's like a major, I guess, party spot. And um, you gave my heart to, to the Lord on the drive home. And uh, I'm, I guess you... I'm what you would call like a extreme or kind of like an obsessive personality. Like I tend to, to just dive into things like a hundred miles an hour. Um, so Jesus was a really good fit for me and, uh, <laughs> yep, he was good. And so, I mean, immediately everything changed. Like I, I, I gave up friends, the old friendships that might've been dragging me down, um, just everything. And, I was fortunate to have a job to where like I could I could work outside. And uh, so that allowed me to 
listen to teaching, listen to the word, pray in tongues. I mean, I did all of that and I was able to do all that outside. And um, so I get saved in uh, September uh, 2015. It wasn't it was literally two weeks later that um, God, we really had like a moment of uh, it was a significant moment of him speaking to me and giving me instruction actually for the first time. But I do have to preface by saying I never you know, I never sought him in order to get anything, but just to know him. So I never really sought him to get the destiny, um, to get the destiny dreams or, you know, the, the big words. Like I never, that was not really in my agenda. It was just to know him. Cause I, well, let's, can we, can we camp out there for just a second? Because I think a lot of people, uh, get fixated on the supernatural, on the fact that, you know, you can hear or see from the Lord. And sometimes we can lose focus that it's all about Jesus. He has to be the center. And this is a secondary product. You know, this is, this is bonus. This is, uh, this is the Lord, the way the Lord communicates with us, but it has to be about Jesus first. I just wanted to throw that in there. Absolutely. The, the gifts and everything, they're all they're all great. And, you know, even Paul talks about how we should earnestly desire, right. you know, seek out the gifts, all the things. But I mean, that definitely pales, pales in, in comparison. That's definitely a it needs to take a back seat to just love and intimacy and desire for Jesus. And uh, I mean, I'm completely guilty of of losing focus. I mean, and if you lose focus, just just repent and, you know, turn your turn, you know, do change the way you think and, and move on. He's, he's, he's not disappointed in you, you know, just. Right. Well, I, I, and, can, yeah. I think, I think the best analogy we have would be like a marriage relationship. If, if a woman, um, fell in love with her husband and married him, it's because of him, not because sure. of the things he buys her or provides right. for her or does for her. So that's the same kind of analogy for me has yeah. to be about Jesus first. Absolutely. Great, great point. Great point. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so that was that was my heart, you know, for those two weeks where I was just going hard, praying, reading the Bible, just listening to teaching. That was my heart was just to know him. And but in that, um, I remember specifically I was like I said, I was I was able to work outside. And uh, so I was working outside. I was moving some some logs or some sticks with like a tractor because that was you know part of my job. That was one of the things that I did. But. Um, out of nowhere, blindsided by, um, the voice of God. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say it was audible, but I did, I do specifically remember looking around as if, uh, you know, somebody could have been there. I, I'm not going to say it was audible, but it was definitely a word that shook me all the way, like to my soul. And, uh, it, so it you kinda, heard audible voice, um, or at least very loud inside yeah, of your absolutely. mind, I guess. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Um, it shook me. I mean, it was something that, I mean, God literally all he said was sell your car for X amount and go to Bible school. Wow. And, and it was a booming, booming voice. It shook me to my soul. Uh, and even... I really just kept it to myself for a couple of days, but 
I've also learned that in hearing God's voice, it tends to echo like um, it tends to not go away. Like if if you're wondering if it's God or not, you know, most of the time his voice has an echo about it. It It's repetitive. Um, you can't really get away from it. And that was one of I mean, that's the thing that I experienced. And um, after just keeping it to myself for a couple of days and I could not get away from <laughs> from the the idea of wow and just shaking to my soul. I told my mom and of course my mom is <laughs> she's always praying and uh she completely agreed and was like, "Hey, you know, let's do this. I guess the test will be if you can sell your car, I guess, you know, you're going to go." And I was like, "Awesome." Well, let me interject right there too cuz I yeah. do want to speak to this that when we do hear from God, especially when it's something kind of dramatic, you know, like making a major life decision, yeah. I always think it's wisdom to seek, you know, wise, godly counsel. And that's exactly what you did. I just wanted to yeah. throw that point in there. That's that's awesome. Absolutely. And, and you know, that can be, even in wise, godly counsel, it needs to be led by the Spirit. And it needs right. to be somebody that you, you know, you trust. Someone you know hears from God, yeah. Yes, yes. Because I've even been guilty of that, of, you know, hearing from God, then taking matters somewhat into my own hands on how I, I walk that out and talking to leaders. And, you know, it wasn't a God decision to go to that leader. And, and therefore I was discouraged, but I had to, <laughs> through the discouragement, had to press on anyway. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was one of the major, major words that I, that I received. One of the first major words um, to where God was actually calling me to do something. Um, wow. And, uh, you know, six weeks, if I remember correctly, six weeks later, my car was sold uh, for the amount that he told me to sell it wow. for. Yep. And then uh, before you that's know it. Very, that's very <laughs> specific. Yeah, that's a very specific word. Oh, yeah. And it, the odds were against me. It, it was a it was somewhat of a race car. I mean, it was a muscle car, which doesn't sell well in, in the winter. I mean, all of the things were against me. Um, but. But I found a guy who actually he loved Jesus and I got to share with him my story and uh, he bought the car for the exact amount that God told me to. And and then I was off to ministry school. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's that's really that's really cool. So it all started with a voice that that the Lord spoke to you. That's how it started. And and again, just it was never about you know, destiny or purpose. But if you know Jesus, you'll, you're going to run into destiny and purpose if you just seek to know him. Right. Um, I'm thinking of the scripture right now that says, you know, thy word is a a light unto my feet, you know, and light into my path. Um, You know, I believe when we're walking righteous and righteous just means not perfect, but in right standing with God, meaning we're, we're, obeying his word, doing what he tells us to do, that when we do that, we walk into our destiny, into God's will for our life. Um, So uh, just to keep it very practical, so how would you um, encourage others if they want to hear from God, especially in regards to direction for their life? Sure. Um, I would. Yeah, I would. I I mean, I would say um, put your agenda aside. Uh, Don't be. Don't be uh, fixed on a 
a particular path. Don't have a path in mind. Um, just let him be the decider of that and let him lead your life. Um, then really practically, uh, just, I mean, there's, I've seen in my own life, there's a correlation between, uh, how much I pray in the spirit and, and how much of that voice that I get. So for me, I've found that praying in the spirit, if I pray in the spirit more, it's, I can almost, I can almost uh, guarantee like a dream is coming, you know, instruction is coming, maybe even a vision is coming. Uh, but but that's just the practical stuff. Uh, you know, be, be teaching is great, but at the same time, be led by the spirit in, in the teaching that you listen to, because that's I mean, impartation is a is a it's a real thing. And you definitely want to get things in God's time and not your own. Uh and then and then again what you pointed out about having godly counsel around you have somebody that whether it be godly counsel or um just someone to hold you accountable you know like you need somebody that knows you that knows your that knows your life that's going to hold you to um the standard that they know God uh sees you so yeah Right. And I'm thinking that uh, we've talked uh, a couple of weeks ago in the podcast when my mom was on the show that uh, uh, Peter had the revelation that Jesus was the Christ. And then Jesus answered him. This is in Matthew 16, 17. And he said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. Mm-hmm. But my father in heaven, meaning uh, no one told Simon Barjona, you know, Peter, right. uh, the revelation that he had that Jesus was Christ. He didn't learn it uh, through uh, yeah. teaching tapes, you know, or reading yeah. a book, yeah. um, that, that the Holy Spirit spoke to him and revealed that to him, just like the Holy Spirit revealed that and spoke to you. Right. So, the, But I also want to comment, too, that um, it says that the gates of hell uh, will not prevail against against it. And he said, um, and upon this rock, now a lot of people believe that Peter is the rock, but I'm here to argue, no, it's revelation knowledge that is the rock that that Jesus wants to build his church on. Yeah. And it's the revealed and it's, and here's the thing. It's not just the revealed word because we know in John one, one that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, that Jesus is the word. So it's the revelation of Jesus Yep. That is the rock. <laughs> Absolutely. And so that's that's where I'm trying to steer people as we yeah. um, as we understand about the prophetic. Sometimes we sensationalize, you know, and and make <laughs> yeah. it myst- mystical and supernatural. And, you know, I've, yep. I've heard I've heard extremes um, where, where people, um, I think, get a little too far. And, and so, you know, because there is another voice. <laughs> it says, my sheep know my voice, but another voice they will not follow. Well, that means there is another voice, and we have to stay focused on Jesus and his word so that we, that we hear from him. Um, and, and we've talked about that extensively already. Do you have any other um, maybe examples of times where either God is, you know, the, the word Naba, we're going to break into all the different definitions as we go forward, you know, basically through your five senses. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a knowing, sometimes it's a dream or a vision. Uh, sometimes you hear things or, um, right. you know, all the different ways we perceive. Because uh, we've talked about there's prophetic uh, reception, 
That's receiving messages, however mm-hmm. they come, usually through your five senses. And then there's transmission, and that's something we'll do in the future, is how to then uh, take that information and broadcast it uh, to the world, in the, yeah. uh, usually in the form of a, you know an encouraging word, a prophetic word. There's a music. There's different ways we can transmit. Right. But um, I was just thinking of maybe you could share another example of, of the ways that you've received prophetically from the Lord that might sure. encourage someone. Sure. I mean, um, and before the, before the story that I just shared, um, when I was younger— I had these moments when I was younger between between the time I was 16 and, uh, you know, 19, we'll say, where um, I wasn't I wasn't all in for Jesus and I wasn't all in for the world. I was in the middle. Mm -hmm. And so I would I would have these moments where, yes, I could hear his voice. But, you know, it wasn't sustainable because I was still hanging around wrong people doing wrong things, which is really just an odd, (laughs) really an odd place to be. But um, I remember specifically, it may have been a three to four month just stretch of time where I was seeking God. And and one thing my mom always used to tell me growing up was that God has a purpose for your life. Like he he has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life because when I when you're young, I mean, one thing you're you're ser- you're searching and seeking for is like, you know, what am I here for? What am I supposed to do? Why am I here? Like, I want to be right. I don't want to go down the wrong path. All those things, and that's kind of where I was between you know the ages of 16 and 19, and I was in the word like crazy, just searching, searching, searching. Uh, and I had a dream, and um, I dreamed, I dreamt, uh, I think it was more so a destiny dream. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't necessarily a dream to be, to carry, like, much instruction. Um, I really think it was a dream just somewhat foretelling the future or maybe causing me to, uh, maybe steering me in the right direction in the future. But it was a dream where um, it looked like the BJCC, you know, loads of people are there leading. And I was, uh, I had a team so on stage. Just for, <laughs> for people, uh, just for, for people who, who may be out of our state, that's uh, yeah. our big uh, civic yeah, center. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, 15,000 uh, people arena type of deal. Um I remember in this. Remember, I'm I'm 16, 17 at this time. I see my I see my older self in the audience on the side, and I see my worship team on the stage. Um, and I knew like that I that I was somewhat of a pastor or a pastoral figure, maybe a worship pastor to that team. But that's that's one of those destiny dreams that. I couldn't forget that dream if I tried. I mean, color. There was color everywhere. Um, it was like real life, extreme, extremely vivid. Um, and and I've even since you know that day, I've had to make decisions that because of that dream, you know, I've l- allowed that dream to steer me in in some type of you know the right way. Um, because I do, I do know that was a God dream for sure. 
Well, it's really interesting that you say that because uh, a couple of weeks ago in the podcast, my mom was sharing about uh, when she had ministered to a lady she worked with, um, when she prayed with her to be born again, uh, the, the lady was later telling her that she, when she prayed to be born again, she saw, you know, she had this vision. She saw mm-hmm. herself step over her old man. That was the words she used. Wow. Yeah. And so can you kind of expound on that and just like, how did you know that was your old man? How, like, let's, I want to get really practical. Um, like you were, so you, was this, were you fully asleep? Were you, uh, sort of, Uh, you know, half awake, half asleep or let's get real specific. Okay. Yeah. Full. I mean, fully asleep, um, fully asleep, extremely vivid. And I, it wasn't, I was I wouldn't say it was my old man, but I would say it was a it might have been a 40 year old version of Nate. Like I could tell in the dream. And, you know, sometimes dreams are are symbolic. Right. And paint a picture this. I'm not sure 100 percent if it was symbolic or if it was just literal. But I've taken it as more of just a literal dream. Um. So, but I mean, most of the dreams I even have now, they're extremely vivid. I mean, there's emotions in the dreams. Like I'll come out of the dream and I'll, I'll be carrying that, uh, the emotion of that dream. Um, colors. I mean, if right. it's right, if it, one of the things that I've heard you talk about if, is like, <laughs> if the dream is in color, it, you know, it, more than likely it, it could be from God. You know, if it's a lot of dark and gray and it may or may not be from God. Um, right. So I've just and and honestly, dreams is something that's something that I. Uh, I dream a lot, but in order to like knowing what to do with it, I'm still very, very fresh and new as far as like getting a dream is easy for me. But then knowing what to do with it. The interpretation of that dream. Well, that's something in the future we're going to talk about in this podcast because there's actually different Hebrew uh, root words and words that are connected to uh, the prophetic that talk about dreams, and they talk about dreams in extremely specific ways. But I would, just to keep it basic for now, I would say that um, as a rule that— if there's symbolism or analogy in a dream, I would use the Bible as my interpretation. For right. example, uh, we know that seven in the Bible is a number of completion. Three is usually a number of the Trinity. You know, those are just right. things that— um, Wholesome, yeah. Right, yeah. We, I would say, as a rule of thumb, use your Bible. <laughs> and the Bible yeah. interprets itself as to what things mean in the Bible— um, I, I've seen uh, dream interpretation. Uh, people will try to interpret analogy outside of the Bible. I would say be very cautious with those yeah. things. That's why I wanted to build a longer foundation here before we went into those things in the podcast. Right. Because those are fascinating and they're interesting, but that is extra biblical. So we have yeah. to be uh, proceed with caution. But I will say that there's some basic things that we can definitely gather that if um, I do believe that God was showing you a snapshot 
of his perfect will for your life. And we, yeah, we've spoken on here before about God's perfect will versus God's permissive will for your life. And the permissive will is amazing because that is God's goodness and his grace. God is so gracious that even when we say mess up, (laughs) Uh, mm-hmm. The path onto our uh, the perfect will God has for our life, He allows a permissive will to steer us back into His perfect will. And so, right. the only um, what the only thing that's scary about the the permissive will is, you know, you may end up in in a similar place, but you you can lack that history with God. You can lack. Right. You know, what if it was it's, built God's way? You would have this <laughs> yeah. history over here with the perfect will, but with permissive will, it's like, well, I mean, you ended up in a similar position, but you, right. you kind of did things your own way. And so that, I mean, that's a, that's a biggie in my life. <laughs> well, it is plan B and it's not yeah. optimal. Plan A is always optimal, right. but God is so gracious that he even has a plan B, plan C, plan D, plan E. <laughs> God's so gracious. He's pretty so good. good. He's pretty He's good awesome. at that. <laughs> yeah, I'll actually interject here. I've talked about this before that that we have the temple in heaven. You know, Moses and David were able to see the temple in heaven and God gave them instructions to bring that to earth. Now in the New Testament, under the new covenant, we know that we are the temple. Right. And just like the temple in heaven had an outer court, an inner court, and a holy of holies, I believe we have uh, an outer court, inner court, and Holy of Holies represented by our flesh, our soul, and our spirit. And so, uh, like you were saying earlier, you know, I think when you're in a dream state, oftentimes, uh, oftentimes that is spirit to spirit. That is, it says, and I'm going to pull up the scripture here. I believe it is Job. Let me make sure I got my reference correct. Um. Uh, let's see, I believe it's in Job 12 or 29, but it says when deep sleep falls on men, that God speaks to them in a dream this way and another way, and they don't always perceive it, but he does speak to us in dreams. Um, and so that's one of the ways God, God communicates with us. And, and that's the, that's the big thing with this is, uh, I mean, ultimately, God, you. This is your words. I mean, God. God wants a family, uh, and He wants to communicate with us. And and I think, I think, just practically, if you're open to dreams and maybe visions and uh, just hearing from Him, if you're open to these things, then I mean, He's going to communicate because all it really is is communication. Right. And in fact, I'm going to throw that scripture in here. I just looked it up. It's Job 33:14. It says, for God speaks once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on men in slumberings in the bed, he opens the ears of men. I believe that's speaking to our spiritual ears right. and seals their instruction that he may withdraw man from his purpose, meaning man's purpose. And hide pride from man. He keepeth back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. It goes on to talk about someone that's basically um, on their deathbed, but um, how that he's going to preserve and save them. But, but God does speak to us in dreams. That is absolutely. In fact, it says 
we don't often perceive it. And so I think that the key here is we have to sharpen our perception. We have to be aware. We have to be tuned in. And the only way we do that is to uh, be in the presence of the Lord. And we do that either through prayer, the word or worship. Absolutely. And that's called relationship with the Lord. It's that simple. That simple. It's that practical. Well, uh, we got about 10 more minutes. Uh, do you uh, do you have any other uh, things you wanted to share or experiences you wanted to share uh, just to, to share with our audience? Uh, I'm going to I might open a can of worms. OK, uh, what what you mentioned mysticism uh, earlier in the in the show. What, where does, does that have a place? Is there a balance in that, in experiencing God and encountering vision? Is there a (laughs) place on the spectrum? Maybe, you know, for some reason, people love, love, love to be extreme in one thing. But would you, is there a balance to like encountering, experiencing, but still loving Jesus, loving people? Being out with, you know, going to visit people, taking care of people. is. Would you say there's a balance to that? or? Well, let me, let's, let's break this down. So um, let me just go to the Webster's Dictionary. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, let's Webster. see here. <laughs> yeah, just let's keep it simple. So let's define the word, let's just define mystical. Or, uh, this is a mystic, which is, uh, let me put in mystical. Uh, So mystical, by definition, says uh, having a spiritual meaning or reality that is neither apparent to the senses nor obvious to the intelligent. Here's the part B of the definition involving or having the nature of an individual's direct subjective communion with God or ultimate reality. So by definition, um, mystical basically just means uh, supernatural meaning uh having to do with god uh in that sense the word mystical just means supernatural um so no there's technically nothing wrong with that however in our common vernacular (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a scary word (laughs) yeah language scary word yeah so mystic is which is a slightly different definition let me just go to your webster's dictionary um it means and this is out of the Webster's Dictionary for the word mystic. It means uh, relating to mysteries or esoteric rites, and it gives the example of the occult. So no. I think, um, <laughs> to me, the well, let's just break it down. So the word mystical is a two-sided coin. Uh, on the one side, it means supernatural connected to God. On the other side, it means supernatural connected to the occult. So the the word itself is neutral, but it can mean um, something occultic or it can mean something that is supernatural and godly. Right. So I think it depends on the heart and goal behind uh, behind it all. Um, Right. But I think also if you take in the history, uh, consider uh, Gnostic influence in the early church and history in general, mystical has come to mean a sort of more negative 
in yeah. our understanding of language today. New I age. Think that's, it's like a new age. It's connected to thing. new age, yes. Yeah. But, but the word itself is, is very neutral. Um, but in our understanding today, I think people yeah. generally look at it in a negative tone. Yeah, right, right. Um, but I will speak to that. So we definitely... Uh, we do not want to ever do anything new age. I know sometimes people in charismatic circles, um, especially about things that are not understood, can people can, uh, you know, worry, are, are they being new age? Uh, you know, yeah. we'll just take, for example, the word of faith movement, which is a, which is a denomination I was a part of for many years. And I will be the first to say there have been abuses. However, the doctrine is sound, right? Um, that God does want to bless us. We can speak with authority. I do believe in, um, in limited dominionism, um, that, that we can, uh, we can claim things in the name of Jesus if they are biblical, you know, there's, there's guidelines within that. Of course there's been abuse, but, um, some people will, will say that those are new age concepts and I reject that they're absolutely biblically based. And, um, right. I guess it it, it falls on for some reason, uh, you know, people, love to be on one side or the other of extreme. Right. It's well, kind of like a diet. I mean, yeah. Balance is the, so, is the key. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and I like, I hate the word balance in a religious context, <laughs> Right. but I mean, it's, it's true. It's, it's definitely true. I just wanted to know your thoughts well, on, on that. Paul, I'll look up the scripture, but Paul says to do all things in moderation. And and to me, um, that kind of applies to every area of life. Uh, of course, we want Absolutely. to be radical for Jesus, but we have to be balanced to uh, we can't uh, we can't just uh, if you I always say it this way. Uh, for people who are, are, are outside of your pastor, if you're listening to um, maybe your favorite evangelist or this, I always say drink from many springs. You yeah. don't want everything, every your source being one pool of water. Um, of course, your pool should be the Word of God. Everything should be <laughs> yeah. bounced off and measured by His Word. But um, I'm, I'm careful to only listen to uh, my one favorite evangelist because we don't put our faith in people. No. Uh, we put our faith in the word. And if that person begins to stray from the word and if you keep living long enough, you'll see that happen. And it's very disappointing when it does. Right. Uh, and I'll speak to that real quick. You know, I hear people say, oh, I used to follow X, Y, Z minister and they really let me down. And now I don't, uh, you know, go to church or whatever. Well, yeah. I had a, <laughs> yeah, that's silly. I had you put a, you put too much you put too much expectation and hope into that person. <laughs> that's why we don't follow a person. Um, well, I had a bad experience with money one time, but I still use it. <laughs> yeah, right. that's sort of my exactly. analogy to answer that. Yeah. Um, I'll give that scripture real quick too. It's uh, uh, Philippians four five. It says, "Let your moderation be known unto all men." Uh, so moderation is is sort of the key. You know, you can't be only about divine healing and nothing else and no other doctrine, you know, in your arsenal. Um, that would be out of balance. You can't be only about um, uh, dominionism and have no other um, uh, arsenal, you know, in your knowledge right. of, of doctrine. And I've seen people do this with the end times. You know, I went through about a three or four year period where I really got, I really wanted to understand 
the end times and I really gave myself over to study and I actually had to sort of put the brakes on that because I felt myself getting out of balance and it began to skew uh, some of my, just my general theology and doctrine. I was like, okay, wait a minute. There's a place for this. Uh, There's actually a reward for this. Uh, That's another story, but that's in your Bible. But, but (laughs) I have to keep that in balance. Um, I have to, I have to live, you know, with the entire of doctrine, not just one, you know, one cherry pick little areas that interest me. Right. And there's even been times in my own life where um, I just sense, I sense from the Holy Spirit, it's just a season where, okay, you don't, maybe you don't need to watch. Maybe just, just, you know, get your Bible, read the Bible and, and pray and worship, you know, take some time away from the teaching and, uh, and then there are other times where, you know, it is more so about, hey, you know, listen to this person, listen to this person. But it is cherry picking. It's not it's typically right. not one stream because uh, you, you'll you end up getting too heavy, like in a certain idea right. or a certain way of thinking. Like, Well, a, I will go yeah. a step further. So you're you're a millennial. So I would say be careful. If you are, you know, maybe you're a sold out godly Christian millennial, be careful not to only listen to the people of your generation. Go find uh, teachings online of of older people like uh, Derek Prince and people like go listen to your elders because there's so much wisdom there that you might be missing out on. And I would say to the older generation, give some of these young ministers, you know, give them a listen. They have something to say too, that, um, that you can learn from. I I think that's, yeah, just again, it comes back to the, to the whole balance thing. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Well, before we leave, we got just a couple of more minutes. If, if you want, I want to get back to Naba. So your, your whole journey into going into ministry school, which has sort of set your trajectory of where you're going forward, started with a voice. And yeah. then you, uh, before that, you even had a dream. So the Lord has sort of been steering you yeah. um, really your whole life. Yeah, well, certainly been what, groomed. Yeah, yeah, yeah into, into your this. destiny. So just speak to that for another minute, because I want to just stress that sometimes a novel word, you know, I, we could take, if you took the, timeline of your life and you unfurled a timeline, you would be able to in this, well, physically, but also spiritually, you would be able to mark points along that timeline that say, hey, this is a turning point in my life. Obviously, there's big moments, you know, when people uh, graduate high school, when they get married, you know, what have children, there's these big moments when they get born again, you know, moments on their timeline. But if I were to unfurl, you know, say your timeline, um, would you say that hearing from God was a definite, uh, you know, a, a point on that timeline that you can reference and say, this was a turning point in my Absolutely. life? Absolutely. Yeah. There's, and there's been, there's been many, uh, forks in the road. I, I, I usually call them just forks in the road. Uh, cause usually that's when you're faced for me, it's been, uh, those are times when I'm, when I'm faced with maybe several decisions. And I'm and I'm having to be slow and choose the God path instead of path A or B. Like it's definitely path C. Um, but there's been many moments, uh, many forks in the road, and um, I've been fortunate to walk life with some really great people 
that have held me accountable. And, um, you know, I'm thinking of, of, of one in one other instance that really, really determined the traje- the trajectory of my life now. And that was af- even after I had finished, uh, ministry school. Um, I remember, uh, interviewing with a dozen churches, um, and if I named these churches and some of these people, you'd be like, wow, that's awesome. But I interviewed with some really great people. Um, and people, you know, were like, hey, be praying about coming to uh, North Carolina, X, Y, and Z. HR is going to work, uh, reach out to you. We're going to fly you out to our church. The only thing scarier about having two options is like having three options. <laughs> so, too, yeah, too many yeah. choices. Too, like yeah. it's not a cho- it's not a matter of right and wrong it's a matter of like i have six options that's a little bit scarier and i remember after interviewing um i mean this church wanted to fly me out and all the stuff and i got I immediately got back and spent time with the lord and i knew it was wrong that was a fork in the road and making a hard decision and so you know, another thing people need, Christians need to know, especially if you're new, is like, God is amazing. Like, He is so good, but sometimes you're going to be required to make decisions that don't make sense to you. Right. So, I've been there. I've been absolutely. There. So, like, I have this, when I'm 17, I have a dream of, uh, you know, having a worship team. It makes more sense for me to say yes to this big opportunity, right, with this church, um, you know, five, six years later. But I knew it in my spirit it was wrong. And instead, the Lord had told me to go intern in Texas. And so just making, you know, peace, peace doesn't mean like I've heard uh, people say before, like, I just don't feel peace about it. Well, you like that peace needs to be it needs to be like a godly peace. You know, it's not necessarily how I feel about it. It's whether or not this is what God wants me to do (laughs) type of peace. Right. Which gives you the confidence to go forward with a with a decision that some people may not understand. It doesn't always. It's not always going to feel nice, like some of the decisions, because you if you're really not the author of your life, then, I mean, you're on God's narrative. He's writing your story. There's going to be, there's going to be times where things don't make sense to you, but you need to be okay with that. And what's awesome is it, to be honest, it doesn't feel good in the moment, but hindsight is super valuable to a Christian because, it may not have felt good in the moment, but, you know, three years down the road, I'm like, wow, that I'm so glad that I'm doing what I'm doing now. And I didn't go down that path. I definitely would have lost myself. Um, and who knows what all, you know, who knows what, what that would have looked like. Well, we are out of time and I'm going to leave us with uh, exactly what you said. I have a scripture for us. It's one we all pro- probably know. It's Jeremiah 29:11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope 
and a future. And that's why it's so essential that we we be able to receive from the Lord direction for our life, that we have to be able to hear from the Lord. We have to be able to have dreams. You know, we have to be able to um, right. see things, hear things. We have to be able to, to receive from the Lord to give us, if nothing else, to give us that peace and confirmation that we need about the decisions that are in our life. I would not make one step in my life without consulting the Lord. He's, he is my go-to right. person, even with small decisions. I'll give you an example. I, I, for me, it was a big deal. I, uh, this past month, we bought a new dining room suit. It was a mm-hmm. little bit of money. Um, prayed about it, waited till the right time, had a piece about it, you know, had to buy it at yeah. the right moment. And so just, I consult with the Lord on every day. Yes. He's, he's a part of my things. everyday life. And so, um, and, and sometimes uh, a naba can be in the form of a knowing, and that can just be that, that peace that you feel. Right. And so um, I'll leave us with that. Thank you so much yeah, for sharing thank you. your story and being a part of my podcast. I hope to have you back. Thank you for having me, Beth. Thank you, Nate. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and consider giving through patreon.com slash thepracticalprophetic. All proceeds will continue to fund this podcast, and thank you for listening. And also, if you would like to send me an email, you can do so at bethwingate at aim.com. That's bethwingate, B-E-T-H-W-I-N-G-A-T-E, at aim, A-I-M, dot com. Bethwingate at aim.com. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and have a blessed day.